0: Good afternoon, beautiful people. Welcome to episode 45 of Sports Bar Talk. The Super League has collapsed, and we're six days out from the draft. Shout out to Anders for that beat drop, and welcome to episode 45 of Sports Bar Talk. We got a lot to get into. You hear the collapse of the Super League? I'll get to that in a second. We'll get to the NFL Draft in a second now that we're six days out from round one. And a major sporting event with a full crowd? That later. And a really good restaurant of the week, too. But let's start with the collapse or the fiasco. And Let me set it up this way first. So, imagine... And this actually would be the best year to do it. We get to March Madness and college basketball. And let's say you're blue blood. So Duke, North Carolina, Michigan State, UCLA, UConn, Syracuse, uh, Gonzaga. I'll throw Gonzaga in there too because, you know, um, Kentucky, I think I mentioned him, Kansas. They all decided that we're fed up with the NCAA. uh, And we want to go start our own type of tournament slash league. That's basically what the European Super League was. Or was hoped to be. So, on Sunday morning during... Uh, the European soccer match is going on over across the pond. I was watching the Manchester United-Burnley game, and they said the Premier League and the FA, which is the Football Association, that's the governing body of soccer in the UK, um, they put out a statement condemning this proposed Super League. What this Super League was going to be was... I believe 14 or 12 of the top European teams. um, Six clubs from England. I can tell you those six clubs right now. Manchester United, Manchester City, Arsenal, Chelsea, Tottenham, and Liverpool. Uh, um, No teams from Germany. We'll get to that in a second. Three teams from Spain, Real Madrid, Atletico Madrid and Barcelona. You had a couple teams from Italy. One of those teams was Juventus who have Ronaldo, the best football player of all, soccer player of all time in this case, not football. But um So, it was basically 14 12 or 14, excuse me, of the top soccer teams in Europe. And this announcement now A big thing to keep in mind here is on the chair of this was the president and kind of the brainchild of the Super League. The guy's name was Florentino Perez. He's the uh, president of Real Madrid. So essentially, he's the owner slash, I believe, general manager, you would say, in American terms. This was his idea. And he got uh, Stan Kroenke on board with this, the owner of Arsenal. Uh, The Glazer family, who own Manchester United. And the John Henry from the Fenway Sports Group, who owns Liverpool. Now, other than Florentino Perez, can someone tell me what these free businessmen have in in, in common? If you had that they're all free American, you are correct. So basically, what happened here... Is that you had three fr- of these guys, American, and it seems like they claim Florentino, who who's an absolute I don't know well, he should be punished for this because this was his idea and he was trying he's trying to ruin European soccer. Really soccer in general, because a lot of people thought this would just it's big Oh my everyone was against it. And they wanted to Americanize it. They wanted to make it the closed league like the NFL. In European soccer, they have a format called relegation and promotion, where in the leagues, even though there's no playoffs, the, like, three worst teams that season go down to a lower league. They go down to basically, like, AAA, almost, or, like, maybe the NBA G League or something. And... Quick side note, I've always thought we could have relegation and promotion into a Major League Baseball because we've got all these minor league teams. Let's have it. I mean, who would love to see the Akron Rubber Ducks in Major League Baseball for a season? It would be amazing. So you had, and these, and like the Glazers, all these people, the the John Henry from the Fenway Sports Group, you can probably guess from the ownership group he's called himself, they own the Red Sox. And the Glazers, they at one time owned the Buccaneers. Stan Kroenke, he currently owns the Rams. Um, they all wanted out They all wanted to be in this, and they didn't check with the. They didn't do And what's worst of this? So the fans absolutely hated it, and the players hated this idea, and the coaches hated this idea. So even though these 12, 14 owners who said we're going in with this, it was purely about the money. And that's what got me fed up. And I'll tell you what, if it wasn't for the British teams basically bowing out, Chelsea and Manchester City basically starting this domino effect, everyone pulling out, I think you'd hear a much different rant from me today. It'd be worse than the James Harden rant I gave you guys back in January. And for the new listeners... You can go back. That was, like, January 10th or 17th that weekend. It was the weekend of the divisional round of the playoffs. I can tell you that much. Or the wildcard round. I forget which round it was. But, uh... So... Sunday night, this league gets announced. And there was already a lot of backlash. I think most notably, Gary Neville, who used to play for Manchester United, now works for uh, Sky Sports, which is, like, ESPN over in Britain. Um, You had... Everyone, I could not find a single person in sports media in Europe over there. Um, I could A single player, coach, fan that was in favor of this other than these greedy owners. Um, excuse me, had the cough. Um, you could not find a single one. And the fans, they went out, they protested. Liverpool had a game on Monday... Could you imagine now the current competition that's big for European football is the UEFA Champions League. And there was talks about UEFA said we will ban these guys from the Champions League. And we'll ban these players who go play in this league from the World Cup. And I knew when I heard that, I thought to myself, there's no way this league can go off. These players, are if they can't play in the World Cup, they're going to either not play or they're just going to ask to go somewhere else. Now, so Sunday night... A lot of backlash. Monday, a lot more developments of what sanctions get involved. Boris Johnson and the UK government get involved, and quite frankly, I honestly think Boris getting involved and saying we will put we will put down massive sanctions, um, really might have helped this because when the government gets involved to with sports, you know you're doing something wrong. Uh, Prince William from the royal family. He came out against us. Now, he's also the president of the FA. I mentioned them earlier, the Football Association. FIFA also came out and said, we will ban players that play in this from the World Cup um, and these clubs from being in any of our competitions because FIFA does have a club World Cup that they put on every year as well. And uh, I did mention UEFA. They were going to actually, so free, so we're getting to the semifinals here, the Champions League. Out of the four teams left in the field, three out of the four teams were in this proposed Super League, they were prepared to throw these teams out of the Champions League, and, he, and it was either going to be they were going to give PSG, who decided not to join this because because um, they didn't like it. They thought it ruined f- soccer, which it would have, um, given the championship, or they would have put the free teams that these teams beat to get into the semis. Doesn't happen. These teams bow out. And so now the talk about punishment, and I think what's going to happen is the players won't get punished, the teams will get punished, but I think you're going to see massive fines. I would love to see these owners fired from their clubs. I would, leave, I would love to see them banned from being in any involvement with European—actually, any soccer. Let's kick them out. They don't need to do business with Major League Soccer here in America. I would love to see that. Now, the chairman of Man United, who I think was behind, was also kind of behind joining the Super League along with the Glazers, Ed Woodward, he will be resigning at the end of the calendar year. Um, So we'll see that. I know Manchester United put out a statement they wouldn't be joining and why they didn't. Then, uh, I forget the one Glazer's name. He put out a statement. It was an apology, but it's not good enough. He needs to do the right thing and resign. He's... He has not been good for the team at all. Doesn't interact with the players or the coaches or anything. I think he's only—he's only—you haven't really heard much from him. This might have been the third time you ever seen him put out a statement for in terms of Manchester United ever. Um, John Henry put out a video statement. Um, it was all a hot mess the Super League, but luckily these teams have pulled out now. During, now there's talks about how can we reform soccer. In Europe and especially in England now I think Boris Johnson's looking at in Germany the German soccer teams I think they have a 50 plus 1 model 50% of the team is owned by the fans and the fans are at the forefront of making the big decisions for the team I think Boris Johnson wants that if that doesn't work I think they're looking at so each team has a board of directors maybe having one or two fans on the board of directors to give input I know a lot of teams have supporters trusts, and the supporters trust came out against it. The chairmans of the supporters trust, they were giving interviews to Sky Sports and whatnot. So the Super League, thank the Lord, is not happening. And quite frankly, it was gonna they want it sounded like they wanted the American model for soccer, for European soccer in Europe. Um and I'm told a lot of Europeans do not like the American model of sports of if you're, the worst, if you're the worst team all year, that you get rewarded with the best player to come into the league that year, basically. Of course, I'm talking about getting the number one overall pick. Speaking of the number one overall pick, we are six days away from the NFL Draft. Round one is on Thursday, April 29th. You can catch that on one of three places. You can catch it on ESPN. You can also catch it on the NFL Network. Now, last year we had ESPN and NFL Network come together. Their talents mixed in together. They did their own presentation because of the pandemic and whatnot together. This year, they split. We're going to see the NFL Network doing their own presentation, ESPN doing their own presentation with ESPN people. So, NFL Network, we're going to get Rich Eisen back on the draft. I love that a lot. I think... He shines during the free days of NFL Network's coverage. You also, I think, are going to get some guys mixed in from Fox on NFL Network's coverage as well, so that'll be fun to see. ESPN, of course, the usual suspects. No Trey Wingo this year because he left, so you have Mike Greenberg anchoring, I believe, the first round. He might be on the whole draft, but he'll be alongside, I believe, Lewis Riddick is one of them, and also Mel Kuyper Jr., the draft OG Of draft experts. And then ABC for the first two rounds. Will have their own little thing. Um, They've done that the past couple years. It's uh, the college game day crew. Doing their own thing. And they kind of talk about the college aspect of it. And they've seen these players. They know these players the best. But they also they do. They dive into the personal stories. And you'd remember. A lot of tear jerking reactions from these people. From these stories. And their hardships. How they grew up and how they got to this point of being drafted into the greatest American football league of all time, the National Football League. So, in terms of the draft storylines, though, real quick, because I do have to get to UFC big UFC fight, and what I've been hyping it up a little bit. We already know who's going number one Trevor Lawrence, we already know who's going number two Zach Wilson who has reportedly reached out to former Jets quarterbacks about what to expect, how to handle the New York media market, because in my opinion, the New York sports media market is the toughest market in all of sports in America, at least, North America for that matter. Um, Then, a lot of people, when will the draft start? The draft will start with the number three overall pick. The Niners traded up to get this third pick. Now, who would they take? Will they take Mac Jones from Alabama? Will they take Justin Fields from Ohio State? They got two pro days to see out of Justin Fields. Potentially Trey Lance from North Dakota State. I That's a long shot, I know. Now, for me, I feel like Mac, the Niners are picking like eight, or I forget where they were picking originally. But they traded... Um, Mac Jones probably would still be there wherever they're picking. So, in my opinion, even though people are saying this could be Mac Jones, they wouldn't trade up to get Mac Jones if he was most likely still going to be in his spot. So, in my opinion, this pick has to be Justin Fields for the Niners. Um, And then the Falcons have that next pick. Could they get Fields? Um... Or Trey Lance. I think they're, it sounds like, from what I'm hearing, they're committed long-term to Matt Ryan. So I wouldn't be surprised if they take Kyle Pitts, the wide receiver slash tight end out of Florida. So we'll see. So the draft is Thursday. Can't wait for that. But here we go. Let's get to what, in my opinion, is probably the first major sporting event since the coronavirus pandemic hit to have a full capacity crowd. Now, we have had in baseball the Texas Rangers have had full crowds and whatnot, but that's baseball. Uh this just feels like the first big, big event. It is UFC two sixty one, Uzman versus Masvidal Two from Vistar Memorial, Veterans Memorial Arena in Jacksonville. Now, last year, Jacksonville hosted the return of sports when the UFC came back. It was the great card. Remember, every fight basically meant something. Um, had a notable fighter on the card. It was a lot of people. I was sketchy. I didn't think we'd have it. There was a One of the fighters tested positive the night before. That fight had to be canceled. The event went off without a hint and the UFC basically had the model for how we can do run sports safely and during a pandemic, and full guns a-blazing. Now here we are at the same location with the opportunity to for the UFC to set the model again. We have had full crowds in Texas. I know that. And it sounds like we haven't heard anything yet bad come from that so as the old saying goes no news is good news but here we go a full crowd is expected at this event I can't believe it feels like it's might be a little too soon by a couple weeks but here we go a full crowd at a sporting event it'll feel weird but I think it's going to be great to have fans back um Now, in terms of the fights, I'm only going to go over the main card for you real quick. By the way, uh, early prelims start at 5.45 Eastern. That is on ESPN Plus and UFC Fight Pass. Then at 8, the prelims are on ESPN, the regular ESPN channel, as well as ESPN Plus. And then the main card starts at 10. That is a pay-per-view. That is on ESPN Plus pay-per-view. The main card is absolutely stacked in my opinion. So we have free title fights for the second time this year. Normally you only get one card a year with free title fights. We've already had two and we're not even through the first half of 2021 yet. The first fight on the card is a light heavyweight bout between Jim Crute and Anthony Lionheart Smith. Smith is a good wrestler. He comes from Nebraska. Not the university. He grew up in Nebraska. Actually fought for the light heavyweight belt two years ago. Lost to John Jones. Um, He's been alright, he was actually the headliner in the second UFC event back in Jacksonville last year Didn't perform too well That's a light heavyweight fight Then we get the middleweights Chris Weidman, former middleweight champion Takes on Uriah Hall I like watching Uriah Hall fight I think he has a great style about him But I also like watching Weidman fight You know, Weidman identifies as a wrestler But he's also very balanced. He knocked out Anderson Silva. Who in my opinion is the greatest of all time. In UFC. And probably one of the more dominant fighters. Other than Khabib in UFC history. So that should be a very good fight. Those are middleweights. Then we get into the title fights. And we have the women's flyweight title. Between Valentina Shevchenko. And Jessica Ah, This is going to be a fun fight. You know Shevchenko. Defended her belt back in February. Uh, very dominant performance. It was a nice submission. She actually, she was the co-main event, I believe, that night. Um, Andrade, she's a good fighter, too. It'll be a very interesting fight. We'll see what happens there. That's women's woman's flyweight title. The co-main event is the woman's strawweight title fight between Thug Rose Nama Yunus and Zhang Wei Li. Zhang Li comes from China. Gave us her, in her last fight last year. Over a year ago, in March, she fought... Uh, I forget her name, but it was the greatest woman's MMA fight a lot of people believe of all time. They both were trading blows back and forth. Wei Li won. It was a shame there had to be a loser in that fight. In my opinion, there was no loser in the fight. They both won. Just the judges had to give tell who was better, in their opinion. It was Zhang Wei Li. Now, Wei Li is a very dominant fighter... She can press. She throws good punches. Be a very interesting fight. And then the main event. And if you remember. Back when we launched this podcast. Around 11 months ago. And our first episode was about Fight Island. And Philly cheesesteaks. You will remember. We talked about. Might have been UFC 251 at the time. Yeah, it was. We talked about... Well, at the time, the main event was Usman and Burns. Then Burns gets the coronavirus and has to pull out. But the main event of that card, on the first ever sports bar talk we talked about... Kamaru Usman and Jorge Masvidal. Now, Masvidal, of course, took that fight on uh, like 5-10 days notice something like that some absurd number and Masvidal absolutely didn't look himself. Usman was just dominating him. The entire fight It went the distance. Usman used the mighty tactic of toe stomps, I do believe. Um or foot stomps, stomping the feet. It was he was it was just domination. But now we get to see the real Jorge Masvidal. Masvidal is now finally on a full training camp. Masvidal, of course, has the f- owns the uh, title for fastest knockout in UFC history when he knocked out Ben Askren in about six seconds two years ago. Well, two years ago Fourth of July weekend. Um, so you gotta watch. Usman it, it also has a lot of power. He can knock people out. He knocked out Gilbert Burns back in February. Also, he knocked out Colby Covington back in 2019. Um, although Covington was fighting with a broken jaw, so at some point. He would have gotten knocked out, in my opinion, but Masvidal you gotta watch the beginning of the fight, because Masvidal, will he did this to Ben Askren, it worked he tried it against Nate Diaz, didn't work, when the ref says go, he is gonna sprint and then do a Superman knee and try to knock Usman out now Usman, now Masvidal didn't do it the first time these guys met, and maybe that was because he knew fighters were catching on, but watch for that, he might try to do it and it could be a quick fight. Uh, if I now, there are no betting odds up for this. So this is a this is a true pick 'em fight, um, and whatnot. If I had to pick a winner, you know, I picked Usman back last year, even to beat Masvidal because Masvidal wasn't on the full training camp. I think the difference is now Masvidal has seen Usman's style. Now he's been in that cage before. You add. Onto it, the full training camp and whatnot. I think Masvidal might be the much better fighter here. I think Masvidal wins the fight. I think he wins it by knockout. I don't know what round. um, But I won't be disappointed if Usman walks or walks out there still the champion. Uh, Because I do love watching Kamaru Usman fight. He's a great guy. And I would love to see him just clean out the welterweight division. If you know, or yeah, welterweight division. If you know what I mean. Alright. So that is the first major sporting event. With a full crowd. Since this pandemic began in March. And I actually believe maybe the UFC was the last major sporting event with a full crowd. When the pandemic hit. Or the, to happen. When they had UFC 249. Uh, or 248. I forget which one. Back in March of 2020. Um... So let's get to the food of the week very quickly. This is a nice sports bar. It's a great alternative to Buffalo Wild Wings. In my opinion, they have really good wings. It is located throughout Pennsylvania, at least on the I-81 corridor. They have a couple in New Jersey. They have one in New York, I believe. Connecticut. They have a couple in Florida. Arugas Grillhouse and Sports Bar. I love... Their food at this place. Now, there used to be one in a town called Hanover. RIP. Along with other businesses to, that lost their business to COVID. Arugas in Hanover got is no more. But they still, there's one in Shippensburg. I love their food. They have really good. i tell you what you got to do when you get there. You got to get the appetizer of the Pete's Pepper Jack Cheese Cubes. And you also have to get Buffalo Chicken Dip. Now, my friends, when we've gone, we get the buffalo chicken dip. I love blue cheese, but they didn't get the blue cheese on it because they don't like it for some odd reason. I love blue cheese. you got to get the blue cheese on it, um, quite frankly. They also they have impossible chili cheese fries. That is with impossible meat instead of regular meat, so that's good for the vegan people. Uh, they have meatless wings. Um, it's very delicious. That's the meatless stuff. Uh, they have really amazing tater tots. They have truffle tater tots, which I normally get as my side dish. Uh, the crab pretzel is amazing. The they have beer battered banana peppers, uh, cheeseburger sliders. And by the way, the crab pretzel, the pretzels there are not like a normal pretzel. They shape it in like an A, hence the name Arugas. Um, they have everything. Spaked potato soup. They've got quesadillas. Uh their wings are amazing. One of my favorite one of my favorite places to get wings. Love their garlic parm flavor. Uh, their Philly cheesesteak is off the top of the rope. Amazing. Um you can get it with cheese whiz or white cheddar sauce. I like key- You know me? I like my cheese whiz. Um but here's what I like about Arugas. They have a cheeseburger, a bacon cheeseburger, and the bun is a glazed donut. The last time I got to go to Aruga's, this is what I got, and oh my, was it so good. Even though I ordered the donut grilled cheese, they gave me the burger. It was delicious. Um, I also believe one of their burgers, you can get a, the bun, the bun is uh, two grilled cheese sandwiches. They have stromboli's. This place is amazing. And then you got to save room for dessert. I know one time our food took forever, so they gave us a free dessert. And I believe we got the cookie pizza or the funnel cake fries. I forget which. But they also have a pretzel that they also will salt with cinnamon, sugars, and just basically unhealthy stuff. So get get ready when you go to Aruga's. It's fun. TV's all over the place. A lot of the Arugas at the booths have you have your own personal TV. You can change the channel and to whatever game you want to have on. It's awesome because they sometimes have the horse racing channel on some of the mini TVs. So I love being able to watch, you know, a great optional allowance claimer event from Belmont Park. Alright. That is Sports Bar Talk Episode 45. Next week. We'll have draft preview or maybe first round review. And we'll preview the Kentucky Derby. Yes. This is Sports Bar Talk. Get your vaccine. I read a report that the UK, if in the UK, if enough people get vaccinated, they, they might have a maskless summer. And de Blasio said we might have a maskless summer or something like that. De Blasio being the mayor of New York. We're almost at the end of this. This is Sports Bar Talk. And we got the best now!